It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 13th of March. How Neto? Not again. Why is his unnatural value to this team and this injury matter? We'll talk about the playoff pictures, the Jazz sit in eighth, a deeper dive on Ricky Rubio's placement around the league, and it's a Time Machine Tuesday. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. I hope you are doing great today. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast about the Utah Jazz, giving you expertise, insight, a look behind the curtains, and lots of geeky numbers to hopefully have you have a better understanding of being a Jazz fan. And because the guy in the cubicle next to you doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. No, I don't know if that's true, Uh, but it might be, and it's really nothing more annoying than a bad sports conversation. Hope you're doing good. Uh, The Jazz find out yesterday. Oh, today's show brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, as well as Mizuma USA, and probably ZipRecruiter and Hims as well. Uh, Busy, 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 busy times. Uh, Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street in Mizuma, there to help you with your books and your taxes and keeping you online. I'll tell you a little bit more about both those as we continue through the program today. Uh, Howell Neto is out to be reevaluated in two weeks. That, it, to everyone around the league, it's a non-story. Well, Jazz lost their backup point guard. He plays seven minutes a night. Somehow, those seven minutes matter. Well, I think that's a great lesson, actually, is that you know you go have a bad five or six, seven minutes. Uh, those minutes matter. Neto's plus minus with this team has been astronomical all year long. And it's hard really to decipher why. Uh, the one thing I would say is he usually takes and makes a three a game and is a threat, so you kind of have to believe that. When Neto is on the floor this year, the Jazz are 108 offensively and 97 defensively for a plus 11. And when he's off the floor, they're a 1.4 positive. Jazz have gotten to a really neat point, by the way, which is always the sign of a really good team. They are positive with every single player on the bench. Every single player on the roster, when they're on the bench, were positive. And the only players that we were negative with when they were on the floor were Rodney Hood and Joe Johnson. So why Neto? I think there's a settling force to him in the limited minutes he plays. I think his defensive tenacity getting ip up on guys matters. And I think that when in the recent times when Donovan has been at the top, teams have been able to zero in on him a bit more. Early in the year, and I don't have the exact numbers available, but early in the year, Donovan was much better when he when he statistically just himself, not the team himself, when he played by himself. Uh, when he's been playing without Rubio and without Neto, some of those numbers have swung back a little bit, somewhat because he's on the floor with a bench unit and there aren't a lot of other guys out there that are putting a lot of stress on the defense. Um, 
And somewhat, I think, just because teams are able to zero in on exactly where Donovan is. But there's there's just something about Neto's effort and energy and pizzazz and fight. And, you know, he's too little. He got somebody backed him down too far the other night and he can't get up. He can't impact it. And yet at the same time, every time he's on the floor, the team seems to do well. Uh, And I think the other aspect of that is Quinn runs a really, really good offensive system. And how will gets him into it every time. And that might be as important as anything else. Is that Howell just gets the team called the settling force into whatever they need to have. But it's on you it's it's a bit strange that this guy just continually has these wild plus fifteen Indiana plus 12 against Portland, plus 13 against New Orleans time before. He was minus 7 the other day. Um, Maybe it's because he fractures his wrist and keeps playing, too. Um, But we have not lost a game that Howell Neto has played since January 22nd. He did not play the Portland game or the Houston game. Probably uh, a little bit of a stretch. But he has you know, for whatever reason, had great value to this team all season. Uh, and so that's too bad that he's he's out. And too bad for him more than anything. He's just been battling all season and, and can't seem to buy a break. All right, let's look at the playoff picture. We are in eighth place as of right now. Uh, the Last night, the Spurs lost to the Rockets. Last night, there were there were really no surprises. It feels like there was this big impact last night because the Jazz switched spots. Now, the truth is that the Spurs were playing the first of the no chance games. There are the Jazz don't have any. Everybody else except for Minnesota has one. And that was the first of the no chance games. That was a twenty percent game for San Antonio. So not and their last three losses are twenty one percent, twenty nine percent, and twenty percent. So there's not a big surprise there. Uh, the problem for San Antonio is that they lost that Pelicans and lost that Lakers game. And in my original projections, I had 47 to get in and had them at 48. So they've dropped two uh, and won a Cleveland game you didn't expect. They've dropped two. Their, their next stretch coming up here is Mammoth. They play Orlando tonight, which they just have to make sure they don't do something stupid. Then they have the Pelicans at home, 65% win chance. Timberwolves at home, 60% win chance. These were done as of February 23rd. Warriors, a pick 46. And Washington, 66% chance. And Utah, 65% chance. I really feel like they've got to win four or five of those games to stay in the playoff push. Afterwards, they go to Milwaukee, Washington, and then they play the Thunder, go to Houston, go to the Clippers. So they have the... The backside of it is this five-game stretch where they are 36%, 38% chance to win, 57 against the Thunder, 37 against Houston, 32 against the Clippers, and then 50% against the Lakers before 59% against the Blazers. I mean, it's a, it's a really tough, and then they have two games left. They've got to get through this next stretch winning five or six, or else they start to run out of wins. The Thunder won last night, 91% game. Here's an interesting note on the Thunder right now. In the games that they've played since we did this February 23rd, 
when they play teams that are over 60%, they win. Their probability is win. When they've played teams below 60%, they're losing. They're not very good right now. They will make the playoffs, though. They have too many easy games. They have Atlanta tonight at 62%, followed by the Clippers. They have a 72% chance to win. Then they have some tough ones, Toronto and Boston, but then they have Miami at 76%. A Blazer game where they're favored at 68%. I wonder if Portland plays the night before that. doesn't look like it. And then then they clo- then they have a Spurs-Nuggets-Pelicans mix that's going to be tough, but by that point, I think they're all right. And they close with Memphis on the final night of the season. They have an... A high win percentage against Houston, which is strange. Uh, Maybe Houston must play the night before late in the season. So those two teams have played last night. No real shift. The only thing that happened, because the Spurs lost a game that they were expected to lose, the Jazz then ended up in the tiebreaker with Denver and San Antonio. And that first tiebreaker is the collective record against each other. And the Jazz have the best, so then the Jazz make the playoffs. San Antonio loses tonight. Well, if San Antonio loses tonight before the Jazz finish their game, the Jazz will then be out of the playoffs. How crazy is that? Because then it's just a tiebreaker with Denver, which Denver wins. Tonight, Minnesota plays Washington. They have a, That's a pick 43% chance. Minnesota has only five games left in which they have a win chance of 60% or less. Less. This is one of them. And actually, their next one against the Spurs is as well. Then they have, then they play nine games where they have a 60% win probability or more. So Minnesota's pretty good shape. Spurs and Orlando tonight. Oklahoma City and Atlanta, those are both should win. 79% for San Antonio, 62 for Oklahoma. Denver it plays the Lakers in a pick'em. Denver probably needs this one. New Orleans plays Charlotte, 65%. Clippers play Chicago, 63%. And the Jazz have an 84% win probability against Detroit. So first game back from a long road trip. Things can go a little wacky today. After a huge game, there's a pretty good letdown chance today. Tomorrow, by the way, is your one chance to breathe the rest of the way. And NCAA title game night. There's no games... Of any playoff teams tomorrow. So you can tonight you can watch one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games that'll have impact. We'll have a busy show tomorrow. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai at forty six forty six South State Street. Blake and the the guys do a great job uh, down there. They're also out in Linden if that's more convenient for you. Uh, some fun things going on in the month uh, for Murdoch. First of all, uh, when you kind of when you look at you deal with the Murdoch family, which is which is always great, right? That's um, that's probably the key thing here is you're dealing with people that are uh, have their no regrets policy, car washes for life, safety inspections for life, five day exchange policy, the famous price match guarantee. That's what the Murdochs are all about. You also have America's best 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty and Hyundai Assurance on every new car. That's the Murdoch, That's the Hyundai part of it. And there's a bunch of really cool things going on. Uh, the 2018 Elantra for only $13,990. It's a brand-new car. 
$5,000 off the 2018 Santa Fe Sport. Uh, they are the top volume Hyundai dealer for 13 straight years, according to sales since 2005. So make sure you stop by and visit Blake and the crew at Murdoch Hyundai. Check out the Kona. That's the next car I'm going to drive. I haven't seen it yet. I'm pretty excited. The reports on it are just really, really cool. So make sure you check that out at Murdoch Hyundai. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, so I thought I'd do a... I- Yesterday's show, I thought we stumbled upon something pretty interesting with Ricky Rubio, and then I dug a little deeper. So in the last 17 games, Rubio is averaging 16 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. So first time he's ever in a playoff push. He's definitely been a catalyst. He's averaging 4.5 free throws a game, shooting 46%, 42% from 3. His effective field goal percentage is still below league average, but his pack is above league average because he's... Uh, shooting 4.5 free throws a game. If you look at him over the last year, I talked about this yesterday, he's at 13 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, and he, he's just, everything's up a notch. And that notch takes him out of the realm of being truly one of the worst shooters in the history of the NBA into being kind of a viable player. And what was really interesting to me is when I went and started looking at point guards last night. So using PAC, Steph is on another planet. Steph is a 4.6 pack player. Uh, for those who have followed pack, and we'll do it on Friday, pack, there's usually about 10 players that are better than two. One better than four, two or three. Kyrie's at 2.1. So Steph is having two times the impact of Kyrie is offensively, and Kyrie's the second best point guard. Lillard, Chris Paul are right there. And at 1.9. So, so those guys are incredible. And Kyle Lowry knocks on that door. That's not that surprising to us. Right? The five best offensive point guards in the league are Steph, Kyrie, Dame, CP3, and Lowry. Darren Collison always comes out very well in pack. He's actually the next guy, probably deserves more credit than he gets. George Hill was in this group last year. He was great. This year he's not quite. And your next step of guys this year is Kemba Walker, Drew Holiday, Darrell Wright, Malcolm Brogdon. Now, Drew Holiday's having a little bit of an out-of-body experience this year, making some shots he hasn't made before, shooting at an incredibly high rate, both at the rim and in the mid-range, 
unsustainably in the mid-range because the last two years, Rubio actually is a better pack player than Holiday because Holiday never goes to the line. What's got interesting to me is, okay, none of this was surprising at this point. Like, okay, so I got Steph, Kyrie, Lillard, CP3, Lowry is the peak five. Collison is always underrated. I always think he's much better than other everybody else in the league. So I got five guys there. I got another three or four guys in this next group of Hill, Walker, Wright, Holiday. Like, I like Darrell Wright. I think he might be able to start for somebody. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, plays off the ball now, not playing as much point guard Bledsoe. So th- there, there's that. For- then this next group is Bledsoe, Patty Mills, TJ McConnell. They're a little better than average right there. The next group is Taya Dosich, Van Vliet in Toronto, Shelvin Mack. I mean, Wright probably doesn't even deserve to be a point guard this year. Alfred Payton. Tyler Johnson. Well, that's right where Rubio's sitting right now is in in between those two groups are in that Bledsoe, Mills, McConnell, the way he's played since Detroit. And then he's probably, for most of his career, been in that Taya Dosich, Van Vliet, Mack, Peyton, Tyler Johnson. What's interesting to me, there's a bunch of names you haven't heard here. What jumps out to me is the amount of point guards that are considerably negative impacts on their team offense. So the next tier down, which is, you know, negative 0.5 to negative full, negative one, which is where, for most of this year, Rubio's been, is Reggie Jackson, Jordan Clarkson, Rajon Rondo, Austin Rivers, Tony Parker, Corey Joseph, Spencer Dinwiddie, Goran Dragic, which surprised me. And then there's a whole nother group of point guards that are having a really considerable negative impact on their team. D'Angelo Russell, Emmanuel Moutier, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Smart, John Wall, De'Aaron Fox, Russell Westbrook, Chris Dunn, Lonzo Ball, and Dennis Smith. That's a lot of guys. In fact, when you suddenly take Reggie Jackson, Jordan Clarkson, Rajon Rondo, Austin Rivers, Tony Parker, Corey Joseph, Spencer Dinwiddie, Goran Dragic, D'Angelo Russell... Emmanuel Moutier, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Smart, John Wall, De'Aaron Fox, Russell Westbrook, Chris Dunn, Lonzo Ball, and Dennis Smith. It's either like 13 or 18 guys I've lost count. It's incredible. And Rubio's not one of them. So... What struck me when doing this research is for all the talk of how bad Ricky Rubio is offensively, which he's not great. Like, 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 let's not misconstrue it. But there are five game changers. Curry, Kyrie, Lillard, CP3, Lowry. Holiday's having a good year. Kemba deserves some credit. Put Kemba up there just. Amount of possessions he's using. There's six game changers. And then most of the rest of the guys that we think of are pretty negative. And Rubio's not. And if the Jazz can continue to get a slight uptick on Rubio, what we're talking about here right now is the portion of the game 
which is supposed to be his weakest. We're not talking about defense. We're not talking about passing. We're not talking about guard rebounding. We're not talking about any intangibles. We're only talking about the single use of a possession offensively when he either goes to the free throw line or get or shoots, which is the low the part of his game that's probably the weakest. And yet, he's not having the negative impact of a Russell, Moody, A. Schroeder, Smart, Wall, Fox, Westbrook, Dunn, Ballersmith. Some of those are rookies. But at least to me, it was eye-opening that when you're done with the top five, and if we count Kemba top six, then there's not a big, there's not a big deal. It's not a big gap. I know the rest of the world puts Russell in this group, but it's not true. Let them do it. You'll be smarter. And so, and it's interesting. Gordon Dragic is having a really weird year, so that one's worth just keeping an eye on. But that was, to me, that was a significant takeaway. If that strikes you, then that was worthwhile. If not, and you want only or happy if you have one of those guys, then then that'll do it for you. Uh, Mizuma USA. Have you heard of them? It's an interesting company. Uh, it's here if you have one. Here, here's what. Let's go with the universal thing first. You hate doing your books. You have to try to find 12 months of information, and it's a pain when you're a business onto yourself. You've done everything right. Now you got to deal with this. Okay. So if you have one to five employees and you're not using Mizuma, you're losing money and you're losing clarity. You sign up, and for $75 a month, unless, of course, you use the promo code LOCKED, and then it's less, you get bookkeeping, reports, unlimited consultation with a CPA, personal and business tax returns. So here's how it works. You sign up. You get an orientation call with a bookkeeper and a CPA. They get access to your stuff. They send out the first reports to you. Now you have a tax planning discussion. Every month you get a report. Every quarter you get tax planning. End of the year, they have your taxes done for you. No contract, cancellation at any time, no hidden fees. It's pretty cool. If you have one to five employees and you're not using Mizuma USA, you are losing money and clarity. MizumaUSA.com. Promo code LOCKED gets you, I believe, 25% off. And, or you can just call this number, 801-980-2102. That's 801-980-2102. That's 801-980-2102, MizumaUSA.com. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, 
it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. All right, let's do a Time Machine Tuesday. Voice is getting scratchy. He grabs the bag. We do this every Tuesday. We go back in the history of the Utah Jazz. Should go back tonight. We should fix this, and we should go back to 1994 and look at the road win streak. But let's see what we get instead. Dun 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 The big production band. 2010-11. What was going on in Utah Jazz history in 2010-11? I think I was the radio voice. I should know these things. I never know these things. I have no game recall at all. That's why we write empty the noggin after every game, so that then I can go back and look at 2010-11. This was the year Jerry Sloan. Oh, we're in the midst of it. This is the year Jerry Sloan retires and Ty Corbin takes over. This is, we've made the trade and the wheels have fallen off. We will, on tomorrow, on March 14th, we will play the Philadelphia 76ers and win it 112-107 in overtime at home. Defeating a 76er team that had Drew Holiday, Andre Iguodala, Elton Brand, Jody Meeks, and Spencer Hawes with Lou Williams. Well, that was a pretty good team. And Thaddeus Young and Evan Turner. And Mo Spates and Tony Batie. That was a pretty good team. We won that one in overtime, 112-107. Al Jefferson had 30 points, 17 rebounds, and 6 assists. C.J. Miles had 19 on 21 shot attempts, as the crowd chuckles. Andre Karolinko, 16 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists. Devin Harris had 19 for the Jazz that night. Derek Favors started and played 24 minutes. Oh, there's going to be a great moment here. He had 11.6 rebounds, two assists. Raja Bell played 36 minutes. Earl Watson came off the bench to play 25. Jeremy Evans played 20 at 8.6 rebounds. And Carrillo Fasenko played six minutes that night for the Jazz. In front of 19,632, the Jazz would win it 112 to 107. The Jazz took only 15 threes that night. 76ers took 21. I'm trying to remember. I don't have great, as I said, great recall. If there was anything specific about that game in which somebody hit a buzzer beater or anything like that, a quick Google search. Um, is showing me. Very little, I think. Um, 
I think it was a big deal at Favor Star that night. Is the quick the quick scan that I'm getting from the um from the world out there is that it's a it was a big deal that Favors started that night for the Jazz. Not sure why. Maybe we hadn't started him before. Not sure who he'd be starting in front of. Um that didn't play that night that wasn't on the list. Um, here's the Sixer post game. And nope, n- nothing. Oh, Al Jefferson, 3017. Uh, Andre Goudal didn't score in overtime. 76er fans are killing him. Jazz blew a 21 point lead in regulation, fell behind three in the final minute. Johnson tipped in a shot, and Miles tied the game with a strong drive layup in the final seconds of the fourth to force overtime. Karolinko hit a three in overtime that was key. The world had fallen apart for us at that point, though, I think, if I remember correctly. We had gone from being the opposite of this season, right? We were kind of rolling uh, 27 and 13 and then finished the year 39 and 43 because we won our final two and had just a tough stretch starting right about now where I think if, if all memory is somewhere close, we lost 10 in a row or 9 of 10 or 10 of 11 or something awful. All right, that is a not very fun Time Machine Tuesday, but maybe just a happiness that we don't have that. Jazz in Detroit tonight. Pistons are 7-10 and 10 since Blake Griffin took over or came in. They're the Since Blake's there, 23rd-ranked offense, 11th-ranked defense, about what they have been for the season, actually. Not a lot of difference. They don't shoot the three as well, down to 22%. They're the 10th-best team at defending the three, though, since Blake joined the team. Uh, Blake's averaging 20.7 rebounds, six assists a game. So tough. Won't, won't, they're not tanking. They don't have a draft pick. So we got to be ready to go and play tonight and hopefully get the win. Today's show brought lo- to you locally by Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street and Mizuma USA. Reach out to MizumaUSA.com. Use the promo code LOCKED or call 801-980-2102. Thanks very much for tuning in. It is LOCKED. On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NBA. Big focus on Kawhi Leonard today as the Tuesday edition with Dave Vermill and Wes Goldberg is out. Have a great one. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.